Season 1, Episode 12, Demystifying VR and ISTE Prizes. The VR Podcast, your realm for all things immersion tech in education and business. Prepare to be transported. Here are your hosts, Alex, Stephen, Amanda, and James. AR, VR, MR. XR, all acronyms which may easily be understood by what name they represent, but not necessarily what they mean. The world of immersion tech can be complex and confusing, and that's just the terminology, not the actual technology. So how can educators navigate through this virtual jargon? in order to start utilizing this awesome technology for the purpose of learning. By starting small with the terminology and acronyms, demystifying virtual reality can be achieved by anyone. It is our mission to help navigate this lexicography and break down these initial barriers to academically harnessing this powerful technology. We will share our knowledge and also how you can overcome another barrier to immersion tech, resources. Many companies such as Doghead Simulations, CoSpaces, and HTC Vive have passionately invested in education. And we will share how they want to put hardware and software in your hands at ISTE for no cost to three lucky 2018 attendees. While the universe of immersion tech can be difficult and the challenge of overcoming barriers can be a gauntlet, we as educators will do what we do best in the face of adversity and opposition. Fight for what is right for students. Join us in our journey to demystify the world of immersion. So I'm not the tech spec person. And even though I use virtual reality on the daily, I still don't know all the terms or significance of acronyms, but James, Alex, and Steven are going to break it down for those just starting or those who have been using and just have used the shorthand and haven't really looked up the words behind the acronym or what a term means. <clears throat> Me being matter of fact, uh, looking at our read copy, what is y'all? And uh, by y'all, Y-A-W. In the South, that's, that's a group. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. You didn't know that that was a part of VR? Y'all? Come on, y'all. What do y'all know about AR, VR, and EDU? Oh, that was a good transition. I like that. 
But seriously, James. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> come on. Okay. Well, let's start there, y'all. Um, yeah. Can, can you spell it every time you say it? Because I'm confused. Why? Yeah. This is this is y'all with a W. Okay. With a W. It's Y with all. Now, just so you know, in the in the in the South, in the deep South, we don't say y'all. We say y'all. We emphasize the L's. Y'all. Like we don't say Louisville. We say Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Louisville. It sounds like y'all. I don't know. It probably sounds the same. What do I know? Um, but y'all is a part of the six DOF and you may see some things that are labeled three DOF and six DOF. That means, uh, degrees of freedom. You mean that's not doof. Yeah. Six. (laughs) No, it's not Homer Simpson. Uh, but, um, the y'all y'all is actually the turning of your head left and right. And that's one of the degrees of freedom. And so when you see uh, six degrees of freedom or three degrees of freedom, and the difference between the two is both of them have y'all. Both of them, you can turn your head left to right. You can also uh, move your head up and down, and that's called pitch. (laughs) And you can also tilt your head side to side, and that's known as roll. So both three DOF and six DOF have those three things. Uh, Six DOF, the difference in that, so do we get three more acronyms for, for six? No, 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 no. It's the same. <laughs> no, we just, we just stick with roll pitch. Y'all, y'all's not an acronym. Before we get into the y'alls of the world, what is virtual reality? What are we talking about for somebody who's just starting? Mm. And I think that's where it gets confusing for people because when you say virtual reality, you get visions of, you know, wearing a headset and being fully immersed and all that stuff. And, that may be what a lot of people mean, but that's not the technical term of virtual reality. Techn- the technical term is a reality that is virtual, and it doesn't matter if it's on your head or not. And mm-hmm. so, by definition, anything that is Similar. virtual that is in a reality is virtual reality. So, things like AR, second, which is second life. Yeah, second life yeah, is second virtual life reality. Was, yeah, it's it, it wasn't through a headset, but it was through your computer, and yeah. it was a virtual world. So that, that was kind of some of the earlier virtual, sort of the, the big virtual reality, right? Second life. And in the beginning, there was second life. Now we're in our third, fourth, and fifth lives with, you know, the, the riff, the vibe, the go. So we've got virtual reality, which typically these days is, now that's a very general definition, James, but typically what we're talking about is somebody's generally has a headset or is working through a computer but they're in some sort of a virtual world, right? I think that's probably what has been mainstreamed. The mainstream version is that you have a headset and that's how they're differentiating. And they're also saying that it's not an augmented world. So things like the HoloLens or something like that doesn't qualify in the mainstream definition of virtual reality you have to be wearing a headset and it has to have screens on the inside that's feeding you 100% of the information. So fully digital world that's being created where you can't see into the real world around you. Correct. Okay. So that's, that's good. I think a way to think about virtual reality. I don't know. I mean, does somebody else have a different opinion on that? That's what I see. I, I'm I with you guys. Agree. Yeah. Yep. I would agree. Yeah. I think so then the next thing that you hear a lot about is augmented reality. Yeah, and I think to me, by definition, augmented reality is a form of virtual reality. Virtual reality is kind of at the top of the hierarchy, right? Because you're augmenting 
while it is the real, real world, world, it is a reality and you are placing a virtual item into it. You're well, augmenting it with a virtual yeah. So, item. But you're using a real world trigger. So you have something that triggers that augmented uh, reality well, that overlaps. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. sometimes, not all typically, the time. Typically, typically. It can be anchored though too. So it may be something that is not triggered, but it's anchored by GPS, GPS. data. One of the earliest sort of big successful things in augmented reality was, you know, summer 2016 Pokemon Go, right? Where you had, you know, these little digital creatures that, you know, you could catch in that. I mean, that in addition to um, Snapchat filters are another example of augmented reality. If people are thinking about you're seeing reality, but then you're putting a layer of digital information Mm -hmm. on top of it in some way, whether it's using GPS like Pokemon Go or whether it's using your face to recognize where your face is and adding, um, you know, and adding some sort of a, a crown or something on your head, like in a Snapchat filter. I think those are sort of the ways that people think about augmented reality. Facial recognition AR. Then there's something in between augmented reality and virtual reality. Where I, that's where it gets kind of confusing with mixed or merge reality. And, you know, I think that's been sort of made popular a little bit by the Microsoft HoloLens um, as one of the first uh, mixed or merged headsets where you're actually looking through. Um, actually, no, before that, it was what the Google Google Glass was in some ways. Was that an augmented reality yeah. or is that a Yeah, mixed? because in one thing that I learned at, at Immersed back in, oh, geez, when was April. that? Yeah. April. yeah, April. Yeah. So what what I learned was the infancy stages of this type of technology and things that we don't think about being like augmented reality, like HUD, like heads up displays that you see like in movies where there's a fighter pilot and they got things on their helmets, you know, mm -hmm. doing displays and stuff like that. Yeah. Or Cadillac did things on the windshield. They did speedometers on windshields back in like the 80s. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then what about just football? You got the, the tenure, the downline. Those are projected. Yep. Those are augmented. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be considered augmented reality, right? Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and like that's the, been around forever. I mean, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't even remember the last time I saw a game like that on TV that didn't have the yellow line. In fact, now they're adding other colors for like the line of scrimmage and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. and even on baseball, sometimes you'll see the strike zone you know, sort of defined. Oh, that's the it. best. Actually, that is really good. It's, it actually yep. makes watching uh, Major League Baseball fun on TV because it's almost like a video game. That's been around for a, the longest time. So even before Google Glass, Google Glass was meant to have heads-up display on your glasses from technology that was invented 30, 40 years ago. Well, now, now that we've kind of talked about what AR, what VR is, what total immersion is, and roll pitch y'all <laughs> what about um what about some of the major platforms and also the gyrometer accelerometer you know inside out tracking oh goodness okay who wants to start that one well i i, I think it's funny we've gotten past cardboard right because everybody thinks of cardboard as as vr and it is but i think we're finally coming out of cardboard being kleenex right and we refer to tissue as kleenex all the time mm -hmm. And we're now using VR, finally. I, can, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but cardboard is your... I still your call line. everything Kleenex. Even what is Google Cardboard? 
Sure, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's literally just a cardboard or a plastic sleeve. In this case, it's cardboard where you slip your mobile phone inside. They split the uh, the display to into something stereoscopic, and it you perceive it as 3D. And that's the basics of of virtual reality. Is you can what is that, James? Two DOF. If you could so, just look around. <laughs> no, that's no. That is a, that is actually three DOF. So okay, you, okay. You move your head in all three directions, but you can't actually move in the See, space. See, the quality of the um, headset doesn't take away the quality of the depth of field. Come on. No. Or the degrees of, it's the degrees of freedom. E or d degrees of freedom. E yeah. Even though, even though the cardboard, you might only get one or two uses out of it, especially in a classroom. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we actually, when we had them, we actually put, uh, we would put clear tape on before they actually started selling the replaceable mask that didn't didn't have that tackiness we'd take packing tape on the inside so it oh wouldn't Lord. soak into the cardboard because they got they got nasty i mean i got you got oils you got makeup all sorts of stuff Booger. so teachers that are just getting started a very simple way to sort of take a step into virtual reality is with these google these cardboard boxes with with lenses that you can stick a mobile phone in and the nice thing about that is there's um you know, there's YouTube 360 videos that can work well in there. And there's also uh, Google Expeditions where Google sent a team of people around the world to collect 360 views of all these different things. And so that is one way as a teacher who's just getting started, a, a, a relatively simple way, as long as you have some mobile devices uh, to get into and allow your students to view some 360s. Another one that's very similar, which is even, even more bare bones, is the Homito Mini. It is literally just a clip that goes <laughs> on I your like phone. I, 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 I really like it. I like them. Yeah. It's literally a clip that goes on your phone, and it all it has is the two lenses, just like some of those old stereo viewers, right? That, uh, you know, sort of turn of the century. Kind of looks know, like spectacles. Free. It does. Yeah. And the nice thing about the, the Homido Mini, uh, if you're interested, in, is, is you could get a classroom set of them. And you can fit it in a small box, whereas Google Cardboard, you're managing a lot more um, space, a lot more space. But the you mini, know, if well, you we have found device, though, with those now, Alex, is, is the kids never really felt immersed, right? They, we didn't perceive their experience as uh, engaging. Yeah. That, but I mean, it's the same thing. It's just if they can get around that and they're focused on it. Yeah. Um, We're still talking very, you know, very entry yeah. level, mm -hmm. low relatively low cost, but you still would have to have phones. Well, and that, that's also something that doing like simple things in preparation, like number one, turning off the lights, turn off the lights in your classroom. That will solve a lot of those things. So even sure. the, the, on the mini, even though it's open air and it, that just gives it kind of that feeling. But VR also, feng shui. Yeah, really. <laughs> and then, and then also audio, you know, don't underestimate audio underneath. Like yep. even if you're playing audio, like throughout the classroom, like go to YouTube and find background noise music that would mm -hmm. be appropriate for whatever experience they're using or whatever, and do that because those two things will create the environment where it makes up for maybe the lack of quality of the viewer itself. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good tips. So I would say, so that's like, I would call sort of entry level, um, entry level, relatively simple. Um, you're viewing 360s. Um, the next level up would be um, a slightly more advanced phone-based VR, something like the Samsung Gear VR, which is a headset that that you would put in a, a, a Samsung phone 
uh, like the S7 or the S8, um, which also has a controller. Um, so this this adds another level well, of Alex, interaction. Alex, let, let me interrupt yep. you before we jump to the Samsung gear. Sure. I, I want to add uh, the merge headsets. Okay. And the oh, um, yeah. and the entry level. It's like the Cadillac of. Uh, I would say the Cadillac of cardboard because it's made of um, durable. Oh it, yeah, it's like squishy, squishy, squishy stuff. It's, it's called marshmallow. It's called marshmallow foam. I mean, it marshmallow is, foam. It's it, yeah. they are glorious, and they have. And they come in all the different colors, and they have a really good deal on them right now. Oh. Yeah, I'm wanting to say that educator pricing is like. 16, 16 bucks. It was $16.99, and yeah. I think Walmart had them for 13 bucks. Amanda, since you brought this up, I have to say, and we'll put this in the show notes, but if anybody's familiar with Kevin Kaja or El Kaja, on, he, does, he has that Moments app, if anybody's yep. familiar. He has this video of him putting on a Merge headset with no phone in it and just jamming his face into the corner of a wall. It's, <laughs> it's hilarious. We'll have to find that and put it in the show notes. So that's another good, simple... Solution. Yeah. That's called the Merge headset. Is there a special name for that? Just nope, just Merge VR headset. And I've got a gold yeah. one I'm giving away in my session at ISTE. So the one thing that the Samsung Gear VR has that all cell phones need in order to operate as a VR device is they have to have accelerometers and gyrometers. They don't mm -hmm. have both of those things, they're not gonna work. So yep. if if you don't have devices, but you think, oh, I'm going to go and buy these prepaid Android phones for 20, 30, 40 Or bucks. iPhone 4s or something. Yeah, or iPhone, yeah the, they, or those phone. will not work. They won't work because they don't have the right internals. They don't have the ability to know, oh, I'm holding the phone this way. And when I move it, it needs to you know, move the environment with me. It can't recognize that. So be mindful of that when you're looking around. And if, if the phone's 40, 50 bucks, you're probably not going to get the technology that you need. You need to anticipate spending a minimum 100 to 150 bucks on uh, the entry, entry level mobile devices needed to go in those headsets. And then you also got a 3D, 3DOF controller typically with gear and Daydream, right? So that was one of the other things yeah. yeah. controller versus a static trigger. Which, now, the with the cost of the headset being 100 bucks and then adding an additional cost of the phone, that can be pricey for teachers, which yeah. is why I think, Alex, if you want to take us into the next level. The next level up from that is sort of something that has really just emerged over the last couple months, and that's um, standalone VR. And specifically, we're talking about, um, you know, the Facebook Oculus Go and also the HTC Vive Focus, which has, um, it's a new... It's a very it's a new entry level for VR that does not require a cell phone. All the all the technology is built in, and the key here is it's not tethered, and it has inside-out tracking, which means you don't need um, sensors like the next level up. So this is and the other nice thing about it is at least for the Oculus Go, the starting price is around one ninety nine for an Oculus Go. And it does connect you to many different experiences, and that and those experiences are growing. I have not I have not tried out a Vive Focus yet. I haven't had access to one, uh, but I'm sure we'll we'll be able to see one at ISTE. So you can actually probably compare those. But Oculus Go is another nice entry level device. It's my favorite um, out yeah. of all. And and I think that actually in the standalone market, we've really got 
three of them that are heavy hitters and they all three are at different at different levels of experience like the oculus go is really the entry level standalone and kind of going back to what i said earlier this is a three dof device so um you can move your head around and you can use the controller to move in space but you can't necessarily walk forward or backwards or move up yep. and down uh, with your body and it affects it but the next level up would be actually the Mirage Solo by Lenovo. That mm -hmm. one is six DOF, so you can do your head around and you can move forward and backwards. But the little catch to that is the controller that comes with it is not six DOF. It's three DOF, so it actually is kind of fixed. So it feels a little weird. Um, that is weird because... yeah. It's the same thing with Focus. Focus is an inside-out tracking stereo camera, 6DOF headset with a 3DOF controller. It's bizarre. And that, that's weird. It's supposed to be 66 or 650. How much is the uh, Solo? Uh, 400. So, yeah, that, I, I, again, I haven't tried the Solo. Hopefully we'll try. I'll try that at the, the Playground. Uh, and I haven't tried the Vive Focus. And I think we're, there's going to be one there. Is that correct? There will be, we'll definitely have goes, and we're going to have Mirage solos at the okay. playground on Monday from 8 to 11.30 in the playground area. You'll find Five Focus at the Unity booth. HTC will we'll have one there if you guys want to check out uh, the expo floor. So for teachers interested in this, this is an amazing opportunity to try out some of this technology and at least, you know, sort of get a feel for it. Um, feel like, you know, sort of talk to the vendor, talk to other educators who are using this stuff. Um, and and think about what might work for for the the type of teaching that you want to use it for, the type of experiences that you want to bring to the classroom. So the next level up from that is what we call tethered VR, which is which means you actually have wires coming out of the headset. And this is what I would call sort of the Cadillac level um, of VR, virtual reality. Um, one of the main systems here is the HTC Vive. Um, which uses uh, two different light boxes for tracking your headset and tracking your controller. And I believe that the headset and the controller is 6DOF. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, sir. That is correct. So both are 6DOF. And you can actually define a play space with the Vive. Um, so up to, what is it, 15, 15 meters by 15 meters? Or feet. am I pushing? I think feet yeah. at this point. Yeah, I don't know the official, sorry. Okay, but it's some some a large basically large. A, a large space. Um, you put light boxes in the two corners, and you can actually move around, walk around, and have VR experiences where you can actually um, move your body around a space. Um, the Oculus Rift typically is run is another I would say Cadillac level um, tethered experience. Um, it, typically, you would you would run it with two sensors, but you can get a third sensor, which can give you a little bit more. Uh, it's also room scale, um, and it's very it's similar to the Vive. Uh, although I, I think I like I personally like the light box technology with the Vive a little bit better. Um, but the Rift is also a very very good uh, high quality uh, Cadillac level um, virtual reality experience at the at the higher end. Yeah, and I think we're a mixed bag in this group because I know that. Like I primarily use Rift. Yep. As do I. As Amanda and I know, I think we know where Steven sits on the <laughs> conversation. Both the, the Vive and the Rift also re require a high-powered computer to run them, 
and hence the tethered because you've actually got cables that are plugged into a high power computer. So the headset is not the whole game. You need to have a box that meets some pretty aggressive um, specs. So just, just wanted to mention that. One last little thing about that. Uh, they have pre-made laptops now that are starting out at reasonable prices, like sub, sub $1,000 that you can get that has the graphics card and the processor needed to operate. And it says Which VR ready. Graphics card, like you're looking at a 1070 GTX, I would say. I wouldn't go below that at this point with yeah. the way technology is taking off. I thought you weren't techie. <laughs> I'm I'm not that techie, but like, so hanging wow. around you guys. Well, I'm really techie, but I'm not as stuck on specs. I'm more about the integration part. So when we talk about AR, VR, and EDU, we're talking more about I think a group that looks at accessibility of augmented and virtual reality, and it's more of a mobile AR, VR. So they're they're dealing with apps like CoSpaces and the Merge apps and uh, the the apps that cater to devices that are already in the classroom. I think what we're trying to do is shift and push the focus on the future of AR, VR with uh, newfangled devices that are coming out that are really going to be game changers and I think become standard, classroom standard. I mean, one of the reasons why I think that we are pushing for high-end, fully immersive VR is because you, when you're engaging those critical key core senses like hearing, sight, touch, then you're creating really strong memories because that subconscious mind doesn't, you can't determine whether or not it's fake or not, right? Where the yes. conscious mind does. So yep. that creates memories, that's learning, that's translating what you want to into the student. Yep. And that's why I'm so excited about the Oculus Go. Because yeah. when the Go came out, you know, most, most of the AR, VR, and EDU group was focused on, you know, Android and iPhone mobile experiences. When the Go came out, how many people in that group went out and got a Go? A lot of them. A it lot. Was, a it lot. was crazy. Yeah. How many okay. friend requests have you gotten on the Oculus store? <laughs> oh. Yes. It's just. Every time I get on, there's like three or four more. It, it's crazy. But some, some, there's total strangers to, too sometimes, right? And it's yeah. scary. It's scary. So why don't we why don't we transition into acronyms and immersion tech and just kind of give each of us give like a one or two minute coverage of I guess popular acronyms that are being used and thrown around. We've talked about six DOF and three DOF and yeah. MR VR AR. Um, what about FPS and OBJs? Yeah. So the what you're going to see a lot of, especially the more we move into this uh, higher quality mm -hmm. virtual experiences as you're going to see FPS frames per second. Sometimes it's rated at the, at the Hertz level. 60 is like the bare minimum right now. And really 60 is probably not the best experience. What you really, really want is right about 90. And if, yeah. if you want, if you, you could probably push more than that, that you really want to do that. So if you can afford a better graphics card and stuff like that, that's what you can get. But I know that the Go actually sits in between somewhere. And somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I think, 70 Go, or 80. I think it's 72. I think it's 70. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. It's something weird. But it's a pretty good experience. Can we really clar quickly clarify why? And I think it's because is if it's slower, people experience motion sickness, motion right? Sickness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's, right. it's so about how great. your eyes are, are tracking and keeping up with. Because 
when you were in VR and you got something on your head, that screen is less than half an inch from your eye, but that half an inch still makes a big difference when you're, when you're moving quickly. And so the frames per second, if it's not high enough to keep up with your movement, it causes your brain to kind of not <laughs> process properly. And that's what causes the headaches, which causes the nausea and everything else. So it's all precipitated from that. So poor experiences translates into being, for the most part, you could become very sick. Temporarily, though. Yeah. Well, even more basic, I think, for teachers getting into uh, virtual reality and augmented reality, we're, they're going to hear CAD, STL, OBJ, PNG. So mm -hmm. STL and OBJ files are files that are 3D, and STL is stereolithography, or commonly known as standard tessellation language, which I didn't know what the difference between an STL and an OBJ file was until recently. OBJ files, correct me if I'm wrong, James, the difference is that they contain textures and colors? They can, yes. Typically, OBJs are what you see in things that are rendered and modeled for CG and STLs. Mm -hmm. For more me, for printing and modeling. For printing and modeling. That's yeah. that's what I that's how I do it. Like Morphe or Tinkercad. Yeah. Yeah. And then additionally, if you're using CoSpaces and you're uploading OBJ, sometimes the textures don't translate. So your your OBJ files turn out white. So, mm -hmm. um, which if anyone's played around with object uh, uploading 3D objects. They've encountered that. And then what I tell students is when you're working with 2D images in a 3D space, you don't want to use JPEGs. You want to use PNGs if you're dropping in, uh, you know, 2D images because PNG is a portable network graphic and it doesn't have a background. And we're too hip to be square is what I tell them as a reminder. <laughs> PNG. <laughs> I love all your hooks, Amanda. It really gets it. It's, it's amazing. It's great. Oh, I break out into song like every 10 minutes in my class. It's like, would you hit the B square? Oh my Use the PNG. Uh, I'll just say that AR, we know what that is, augmented reality, VR, virtual reality, MR, mixed reality uh, for most people. And XR, if anybody ever hears that, I just, I just replace all, X for all, all reality. But then there are people who really take it as extended reality. And I'm like, well, yeah. what the, oh. you know. I don't, I don't believe that. I mean, yeah. no. So there's your basics. So we've been talking a lot about virtual reality, augmented reality, and acronyms related to that. But for a teacher that wants to get started, we've got prizes that are going to be available at ISTE. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Well, I want to start by talking about Rumi. So Rumi is great if you're getting your toes wet in virtual reality and you might not have like a class set of headsets or devices, but you've got a mix of also computers and desktops. So we're giving away Rumi, a one-year license for one classroom for up to 30 students. Awesome. If you haven't noticed on Twitter, Anderson Pooper, the actual dog behind the logo, there is, there's a real dog that that logo is based off of, he's everywhere. He's been going on virtual joy rides with Steven, watching the World Cup with Alex. Did you know that they are roomie mates? And I even have a picture of us in my picture frame, my virtual one. 
but we want you to be able to hang out with Mr. Pooper too for a whole year and with 30 of your students. On Wednesday, I'm going to be in the Unity booth from 1.30 to 3.30 bringing presenters at ISTE and not at ISTE to everybody. So download Remy now. It works on desktops. It's VR for the people, folks, and HMDs like the Vibe, the Rift, and it's coming to go. We're still working on our lineup of presenters, but myself and Steven will be moderating and taking questions from those who pop in. And we'll have a special guest and CEO, CMO, um, Matt Chacon and Amber Osborne from Doghead Simulations will be there in the hot seat at some point. So you can talk to the people behind the company. To win this prize, in addition to other requirements that we've listed, you have to take an additional screenshot of a presentation inside of Rumi and then tweet it out tagging the VR podcast and at Doghead Simulations to qualify. We'll be adding a registration email to attend the virtual event in the blog. Go ahead and download this amazing platform and explore it prior to Wednesday. Cool. That's and, awesome. And Same. for me, I have an Oculus Go that the VR podcast is going to give away in conjunction with CoSpaces. So CoSpaces has uh, joined forces with us to give away an Oculus Go. And this, you may be thinking, why are they giving away a Go? Well, at the CoSpaces booth, we will be demoing the upcoming or the forthcoming of Oculus Go support for CoSpaces. Everyone is go, go, going. Oculus Everybody's go. going, yeah. So it's not going to be available to the masses yet, but it will be able to demo at the booth on the go, and we're going to give that go away at the towards the end of the conference and actually it'll be during my booth presentation time which is at 10 30 on wednesday at the co-spaces booth so and we'll tell you how to you know win that prize we're going to pull it put it out on social media and then steven's going to cover that because it's very similar to how you can win the next prize absolutely and the next prize that we have is actually we talked about this it's an htc vive setup for you so what? you can scratch dude Totally scratched the cost of an HTC Vive and everything you need to run high-end VR, except for the computer, uh, off your list of things to buy because we will be giving that away courtesy of HTC Vive. And you may be wondering why they are giving this away, but because they love you guys. They love the VR podcast and all of our listeners as well. So let's give you guys the four tasks that you need to complete if you are going to be entered to win any one of these three prizes. So the first task is to follow us on Twitter at the VR podcast, and also please follow the uh, three partners. So that's CoSpaces, HTC Vive, and also Doghead Simulations. When you follow us on Twitter, go ahead and repeat the tw the uh, pinned tweet up there. Also, download Anchor, follow the VR podcast uh, on there, and go ahead and leave us a voice message. You're going to need to do that to be qualified to enter one of these prizes. Finally, it's fun. That's a fun thing to fun. do. It is fun because, and, and you might make our next podcast. Yup. Leave a question, maybe. Question feedback. What yeah. you appreciated at ISTE. I like it. I like it. So finally, there's going to be um, a unique question for each of these prizes, and they haven't been released yet. But go ahead and follow the VR podcast, and you'll find that there. And once you get all those, you'll be able to you'll be entered to win any one of these prizes. I just can't believe we're, we're able to give away such amazing, amazing prizes. Because we have amazing, amazing companies that we get to work with. So. Oh, absolutely. Wow. I would say that all three of those companies, not just with us, but I think it's 
they really want to be in education. They see the potential of virtual reality and education, and they're very passionate. All three of these companies have been very passionate about education and the role that VR plays in it. So this is just an, another example of their commitment. And that EdTech Bridge, they're very dedicated to getting teacher feedback and yeah. um, making things happen within their platforms and just modifying to make it that much more user-friendly. Well, I have to say, I love talking about all this and I know that y'all enjoy talking about it too. And so thank y'all for talking to me about this because I had a good time tonight. And thanks to all of our listeners out there for joining this, uh, joining us on this journey. And hopefully we will see some of you at ISTE. But if you're not at ISTE, we want you to still be involved. So make sure you use hashtag VR podcast. Make sure you and use hashtag. Yeah, join in Rumi. Yeah, make sure you follow us because we're going to be sending stuff up there on how you can interact with us throughout the, the conference. So having said that, if you have any questions, comments, make sure that you leave them. Uh, it could be on anything from immersion technology, the virtual reality podcast, or about this episode. So that's it. Bye. See you at ISTE. See you at ISTE. Until the next. <laughs> Was that Eeyore? That's your best Eeyore impression? Want to hear more or connect with us? Subscribe to the podcast and find us on social media at The VR Podcast.